0: This is the Nona.fm Meet the Candidates podcast, an unbiased conversation with a candidate for a local political office. This is a free public service of Nona.fm. Hi. Good
1: morning.
0: Good morning, uh, Mercedes Fonseca.
1: Fonseca, yes.
0: Fonseca. Thank you very much. I appreciate you joining us. Um, Thank you for having me here. You're our first interview in our Meet the Candidates series. So what we're doing here at Nona.fm is uh, introduce letting... Going beyond the sound bites, that's what I like to say is that we're, we're letting folks get to know you. Uh, you're, of course, going to be in the primary coming up August 23rd for uh, seat four in Orange County for the Orange County Commission.
1: Yes, that's correct.
0: And so thank you for coming in. Appreciate it very much. Thank so, for having me. the seat is currently held by uh, Miss Cadaro, Ms. Yes. Ms. Cadaro, uh, Maribel Gomez Cadaro. And so I'm sure that, you know, I, I guess my first question is. Uh, what what made you run? What made you say that, hey, look, I, I, I do want to, uh, to get involved?
1: Sure. So I am running because I want to improve the quality of life for residents. I want to support and enhance our public safety. And I also want to ensure fiscal responsibility. So there's in essence, there's a few issues um, that caused me to want to run. Um, a few of those are redevelopment. Uh, That's occurring in defunct golf courses and also uh, hemp cultivation that's occurring in residential areas.
0: Mm. I have heard about that. I've heard some complaints about that.
1: Yes. And I'm not saying that I am for or against the actual product. Mm -hmm. But what I am saying is we need to look at our land use and make sure that, uh, you know, if both have the right to exist, then protections need to need to be put in place for residents and the. The cultivators of the product,
0: right? Understood. So, it, it it's surprising to me, I guess, that current zoning issues wouldn't take care of that, or is it an issue of enforcement?
1: So it can, there is nothing to enforce because there's no ordinance that exists. Ah. So you know, hemp has been uh, legalized at the state level, right? And so, oftentimes, what's what's happening is at least I'm. I'm going to speak for this particular community because I've been involved uh, with this community. So the owners and our operators of this uh, crop cultivation uh, receive their uh, approval um, from the state. They receive license from the state. They go and they apply for ag exemption, which they're given through the property appraiser's office. Um, now, there's, there's no rezoning of any kind, so it's just a matter of, one entity doing its job, and then there's no notification uh, to county government or nearby residents that are being affected and so um, there is evidence to show in other states where this has uh, this has been legalized that uh, it does uh, affect vulnerable populations, which you know seniors kids mm-hmm. um, and so what they've done what other what other jurisdictions have done, such as california Colorado, they've put moratoriums in place um, and that's something that's not happening here despite the uh consistent um, information that's been provided and so it's it's concerning because at the same time it's only a matter of it's only a matter of time uh before marijuana recreational marijuana gets approved right so and then- it's a slippery slope yeah
0: that's that's the next crop then that it will be in place instead of the hemp right. and, and and you know and, and one of the questions that popped into my mind but you've already answered that question you know it would this be under the jurisdiction of you know let's say if the person wanted to plant corn but it then again a, a kid can't get sick from eating too much corn <laughs> or any corn right right, right. so it's uh
1: there you know aside from that as well there are it's, it takes a tremendous amount of use of water this community is on septic so you need some other things you need a consumptive water use permit um which at the time that i that i looked for the information it was not obtained so you know there it's concerning it's concerning that uh this information has been provided and there's been nothing that's been done uh at the local level. And ultimately what you can do is you can eventually create an ordinance and through the ordinance is where enforcement comes in.
0: Sure. So how many of these um, operations are there within district four or even countywide?
1: So to my knowledge, there's, there's currently one um, that has various licensures attached to the one uh, individual or, or entity, if you will. Um, But ultimately the Type of zoning that's needed for this it does exist across the county. So let's look at this as an example. Let's pause a moment. Let's allow staff to to look at uh this area and how it can potentially impact not only this community but other communities throughout the district gotcha. uh, or the county.
0: Gotcha. So I'm I'm suspecting it's the same one I've heard complaints about from their neighbors. I, I I've been hearing some some complaints about that so that's that's something that i wasn't on my radar at all other than hearing from them complaining about but i didn't know that there was anything that could be done so that that's good
1: yes as a matter of fact um i also uh i do know that the office of senator victor torres has you know supported this community and has you know supported their their ask in having a small area study done
0: gotcha very good so tell us a little bit about yourself um you know, uh, uh, as far as, you know, professional background um, and, and also your political background as well, you know, sure. as far as if you've held office and organizations. Sure.
1: So um, I am born and raised here locally. Um, I am By a the few. <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. I um, I am a product of immigrants. I'm a graduate of UCF. I do hold a master's in business administration. I've worked in the various sectors of nonprofit, uh, government and the private sector, and, uh, currently I also co-own a consulting business with uh, former Commissioner Pete Clark, and we also, uh, help small businesses and residents with issues such as land use, uh, permitting and code enforcement. So, um, that's, that's pretty much me in a nutshell. I, you know, had the pleasure of serving on numerous, uh, community boards. Uh, currently I am the secretary for Lake Nona Rotary oh, okay. Lunch Club. And I'm also part of the Avalon Kiwanis uh, group. I mem- I'm a member of the various chambers throughout our area. Uh, I've served on uh, boards such as community health centers, which serves the under or uninsured. And I've served on Second Harvest Food Bank, which we know fights food insecurities. So um, professionally, I've worked in areas such as childhood abuse and neglect prevention programs, um, juvenile delinquencies, um, So I've basically done early childhood development. Uh, So it' it, a mixture of things.
0: You're listening to the Nona.fm Meet the Candidates podcast. If you're a registered candidate in a local political race, we invite you to join the conversation. Please reach out to Gabby at Nona.fm at 407-553-NONA, extension 402. Now back to our interview. Well, that's great. Uh, So what... I know you indicated that you are involved with different groups. Have you gotten endorsements from anyone in in, uh, running for this seat?
1: I have. So I've been endorsed by the West Orange Political Alliance. I've also been endorsed by former Commissioner Pete Clark. And I've also uh, been recently endorsed by former opponent and and candidate Chadwick Hardy.
0: Gotcha. Yep. We're very familiar with Chadwick. As far as one of the biggest things that I think we hear complaints about in this district here in Lake Nona is transportation. What are your thoughts on going forward as far as transportation, namely Narcoossee road, but then alternatives to that as well. And then this continued, I would almost call it unfettered growth. I'm not saying we should control the growth, but um, we need to address the the transportation needs because they're really uh, key. I think
1: they are there. I don't dispute the fact that we, as a, an entire county need a more ro more robust system of transportation um, you know i i've said before you know i I know that there's been discussions as to where the money is going um, you know what that to me remains to be seen um the you know it, it's going to be on the ballot in November. Um, voters will decide whether or not to approve that measure mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's something that people are going to have to uh, take into consideration because that is something that 's going to affect their economic situation
0: and you're referring of course to the sales tax increase yes yeah. yes i am yep
1: and uh and aside from that there's also the mill renewal for the schools mm, right so there's you know there's a few things that people are going to have to give some thought to and whether or not it 's something that that they choose to to proceed with. Uh, or not. Now you know, traffic with development, there's going to be traffic that's going to come along with it. Um, now the transportation um, piece, we have Sunrail that runs north south. We certainly need some east west connection. Um, you know, I'm I'm on the eastern side of the district, out by uh, Avalon area, and so for me, at least, I I know that I would be one to use Sunrail if I can get an east west connection, and then you know just hop onto the to the north south because i i'm stuck in traffic i you know i know what that's like um so it's i do i do believe we need more um more options for mobility and for, right. for transportation yep
0: and, and and it looks like you know things are moving in that direction to a certain extent we've you know Sunrail's been up and running um you know, it's limited, north, south, it is, but I do know professionals. I have friends who use it every single day. And it's not, not because they need to use it because they don't have a car. They have a car sitting at home. Um, but you know, they drive to the station in Lake Mary and then take the train to South Orlando. And then, um, they, I, I, one friend of mine was pretty in, in, ingenious. He came up with an idea of having a couple of coworkers and they just kind of, then they carpool back and forth from the train station over sure. to their work location. So, um, it has, it, it's opened a lot of options. My parents use it. My parents love the train uh, because my dad has frequent health uh, appointments downtown. They live out in Deltona. So it, it's a great option for them. And again, they have a car. They they could easily drive back and forth, but they they love the convenience of it and sure. the safety of it. Absolutely. You know, the I-4s, are, especially on, during the construction, was a daunting thing for them. Um, How do you feel about, I know there's a lot of, you know, they're just in the talking phases. They're just looking for grant money. But the fact that uh, they do want to extend both Sunrail and then Brightline coming into the area as well, and that again extended over to the tourist area. How, how do you feel? How, what's your feelings on how that project looks?
1: I think it, it's great. Um, I think that, you know, here our tourism industry is a, is a huge economic uh, driver. And so that's. That's additional monies that come into our community and absolutely, um, you know, very excited about those opportunities that are that are coming here. Um, You know, I drive is we need well, we need to make sure that with that um, we certainly want to get our visitors to and from uh, places safely. Uh, We certainly don't need, uh, you know, any any uh, negative um, publicity with regards to that, because Mm -hmm. again, you know, that is our economic driving engine here and, you know, something to, you know, to a level that, that could potentially uh, decimate that industry or or us as a community. And that could be loss of jobs. Um, You know, it it could trickle into a lot of things. So with the addition of these additional um, routes, you know, that's going to bring employment, that's going to bring, you know, a series of things that is it's going to benefit uh, us here locally.
0: I think the addition of the bright line to South Florida is, you know, and this is only my speculation but I think it's going to be a big boon for tourism. I agree. Because it's going to give folks an easy option between the South Florida tourist experience and the Central Florida, which if anybody has been in Florida for long, you know, they're vastly different. Yes, they are. Vastly different between casinos and horse racing and that South Florida vibe compared to more, you know, Disney yeah, Mickey right. mouse. And so I, I think that's going to be key having that connection between those two. And I think we're going to learn a lot once that gets up and running over the next couple of years.
1: I agree. I absolutely agree.
0: Absolutely. Well, is any closing remarks?
1: Well, uh, again, my name is Mercedes Fonseca running for orange County commissioner district four. I am fluent in both English and Spanish as my name would suggest and um i what I didn't mention um uh, originally with uh professional work history is I also did serve as chief of staff for uh orange county districts three and then uh four so I am familiar uh with our district i've lived in 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 district four for over ten years, and again, I'm born and raised here so
0: fantastic so i know you, your website is i think it's correct here vote for mercedes dot com
1: that's correct and
0: that's the number four that's right. And that's a great website address. Good job. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Thanks for coming in. Thanks for uh, being part of the program.
1: Thank you for having me. Thanks. Take care.
0: Thank you for listening to the Nona.fm Meet the Candidates podcast. This is a free service of Nona.fm. If you are a registered candidate in a local political race, we invite you to join the conversation. Please reach out to Gabby at Nona.fm at 407-553-NONA, extension 402. This podcast has been produced by Gabriela Perez-Ortiz.